everybody. It is Jason along with Randall. Hey everybody. We are sitting in Kingsmaker in the dark, all romantic-like, because mm. we're getting ready to play our weekly vampire game, but we thought, hey, if it was just the two of us, we should just go ahead and record now so that we don't have to worry about interruptions or loud noises later. So, good idea on me. Yes, you're making good decisions. I make good decisions all day. Yes. Yeah. Um, so today, instead of continuing with a clan or tribe episode, we thought we'd chat about just storytelling in general and how we do it and what we what do we do. I know I do. I know I don't have. I have a general idea. I have a general arc that I want to cover in a game that's fun for me, but I don't plot out every plot point. Not like a D and D campaign. Right. Right. No, I'm the same way. It's um, or at least I have evolved. Because mm-hmm. you know, back when I first started role playing, which was um, before um, our beloved Vampire the Masquerade, um, I was full on into Dungeons and Dragons. Got initiated into that young, um, and uh, but we all did because that was the only game in town. Yeah, yeah, and I'll always have a place in my heart for Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons. Um, the uh, but back then, it was like I really took you know, the idea of Dungeon Master, writing the story very seriously. So it was like I had to have like all these like plot things like hashed out and everything, right? And it was like, yeah. like every room, you know, I tried to think of every eventuality. And so, so I would just labor and slave over this stuff. World building, oh my God. I'm still world building on my D&D game that I started back when I was 10. Huh, nice. Um... The, um, but what I come to find out was it would always be like become frustrating, right? Because players are never going to do all your what, content, right? And, and they're going to ignore some of the things that you like the most, yeah. And then they're just going to completely destroy other things that you really think are cool. And then they're going to go in off in some other direction that you were like, why do you even care about that, right? <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, as opposed to getting frustrated, I just kind of tried to, you know, because when it happens more than once, you realize you're the common denominator. Right. So it's like, maybe I'm approaching this wrong. And so then it became more of a, a thing for me of, okay, that first session, I have a lot of things like set up, a lot of hooks, interesting NPCs slash SPCs, depending on what right. system you're in, um, set up for people to in, just interact with. They may get ignored the entire game, but they're there. Mm-hmm. And just for random, different, just even if it has nothing to do with your initial hooks, just people who cover a certain thing, because you never know. You, you, just, you, know you know, I want to buy a talisman. Well, that's got nothing to do with anything we're doing, but hey, there's a guy. <laughs> you know. Um, Ted the talisman. Ted the talisman <laughs> monger. There's great business. Yeah. <laughs> Shop smart. Shop T Mart. <laughs> so it, um, so I started just doing it like that. So the initial game, a lot of just stuff, right? None of it necessarily even connected, just stuff. See what characters kind of latch on to, and then as they go, the players themselves, if they latch on to the thing that they're interested in, they're going to build a story for you. Sure. And so then it just became a matter of like, okay, well now I need to create NPCs that are, or SPCs that are aligned with like the direction they're going. Right, right. And, and then you start realizing like, okay, 
then you get to a point where it's like as opposed to characters doing things that you're not expecting and you're just being flabbergasted by it then you're like you're with them and then you can actually start interpreting where they're going because they're telling a story right and so now you're like okay i see where they're going with this and then you can be prepared for those sorts of things and then it also gives you more freedom to customize things because you know maybe your characters like something that's more mystical or cultic or street level or violent or things like that you quickly learn those things and then it's just like okay well now we're just we'll just turn the gauge on that on that thing you know it doesn't mean you're changing your whole story it just means like okay we're amping this aspect mm-hmm. up a bit yeah you know i know our players um well in our two <clears throat> two vampire games on tuesday and saturday they're vastly different they're vastly different player styles the two the saturday game largely is much more violent than the tuesday game yeah, it's more aggressive more aggressive yeah yeah um and yeah, I think with World of Darkness in particular being a cooperative type of experience, keeping it a little looser goes a long way. Because you don't get angry. Yeah. Even the books, even the splat books like oh, Transylvania by Night or the Transylvania Chronicles, where like they, they release, okay, here's what your players can do in Transylvania and what's going on. That's still this just open-ended idea um, of writing. They're not they're not laying down, okay, after they do this part of the campaign and then move to this part of the campaign. There's very little of that in World of Darkness. So I know when I'm when I'm running, I, I like to have like an A and then maybe like like an M and then a Z. Like and how would mm. I have like checkpoints that in my head I'm I'm working toward. Yeah. And I'll drop hooks yeah. to move in that point. Yeah. Or in those directions, but what happens between A and M, I don't care. Like players could go off and do whatever they want, because eventually right. exactly. when it feels like I guess I guess with with World of Darkness and Vampire and whatever, um, it's more intuitive. Like I'm waiting until I feel like it's appropriate to push the story a little bit in a direction. As opposed to like if I'm running uh, Curse of Strong. Well, that's a bad example because it's very sandbox. If I'm running um, the Tyranny of Dragons, which is one of the first 5th edition D&D adventures, mm-hmm. it's very linear. Like, you do A, B, C, D. Right, right. Um, there really isn't... You know, once you once you kill this blue dragonborn general, then you know you need to go and track down these other things. Like, there's not any real variation. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems to me in our games... And just how I storytell in general is let them run amok, muck amok, muck, until I feel like they're at a point where the story can be pushed in the direction I, I'd like it to go. And then you just, yes. you start dropping yeah. hooks and see what they'll grab. And then when they grab one, you build on it. But it also, like you said, it gives them a, it gives them a feeling of driving the story as well, which I think is missing in a lot of other role play. Oh, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, certain game systems, like the storytelling system, mm-hmm. I think really adapts to that kind of play very well. Right. And and one of the things I think is great about the storytelling system is that it's very instinctive. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you allow it. So, you know, it's like, 
I think in the storytelling system, it's best not to get caught up in minutia. Yes. And so, and this is, so we, this is a podcast about storytellers, but this is also an aside for players. Let your story, allow your storytellers to make the story cool. Yes, rule of cool is always better than, can I get in a fight underwater? I, yeah, don't get caught up in that stuff where, you know, you caught up in like, well, there was this one little niche thing that, you know, will affect this thing with, if I use this dominate power, don't do that. You're ruining your own fun. Yeah. By doing that. Yeah. Um, let the story be cinematic. Let it be cool. Yeah. Um, and so, let, you know, like, okay, like a discipline pirate set. You know, it's like, they'll have like a, a set, like, uh, attribute, and, you know, and power thing on it. Maybe you start telling them things, you know, in this case, this attribute works better. Right. Let it happen. Right. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, it's funny. I just heard a. Uh, I just read a discussion online about dominate and dominate probably between editions. Right between editions, it, dominate is pretty standard through all the original um, stuff, even mm-hmm. up through V twenty. But it changed a lot in V five. Yes. What dominate yes. could and could not do. Um, and I was reading a thread online where. We're like, well, uh, how, how can I use Dominic to like get questions and stuff? And one person brought up LA by Night, which is a great live play. I love it. However, they use Dominic to like interrogate and things like that because it helps move the story along. As opposed to, if, if you do rules as written fifth edition, you can't use Dominic like that. Right. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, if you say, tell me the truth, they say, tell me the truth. Um, there isn't any volition or able to interrogate or anything like that but if it helps move the story along or if like you said if it has a cool story effect run let it do it yeah do it but not to abuse it and if you're gonna home home rule or homebrew something then do that but you know find you're gonna find what works for your players and your table and it what works at your table is it can always work yeah another table. yeah exactly i i agree and 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 I think it's best to take all these things as concepts. Right. These are constructs. And so, also allow, as funny as it is to say, for a fantasy setting like this, um, also allow logic to just play in on some of this stuff. It's just like, you know, this just would make sense here. Right. And it's like, yeah, the rules as written may not go that direction but it's like it just makes sense yeah it, it, and, and the storyteller system does a good job with especially with with combat you know three turns and done and then it ends watching yes whatever it's gonna oh be. i love that yeah like we're not gonna roll for an hour and find out like you said the minutia of it whoever is yeah. winning at the end of three turns is the one who's going and i've yet to run into a case where that it wasn't kind of clear right right like well like the other tuesday we had even with social combat which is newer to world to well to vampire um at least this edition um we had a social combat between two characters and they went at it pretty heartily and one of them said i you know what you can win because i'm running out of willpower okay yeah <laughs> well done yeah that's the end no i mean it just um, yeah yeah i mean and that was a combat where it's pretty clear danny was controlling that oh yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, she was in charge of that exchange. And, yeah. Um, it was just... It, but it still demonstrates, you know, okay, this is where this is going to end. Because you can either push yourself, which is fine. You want to do that, but aggravated willpower does not go away very easily. So you use willpower a lot as a blood oh, sorcerer. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Other things storytelling-wise, I mean, finding a good setting. I keep running stuff in Chicago for two reasons. Well, London... London's probably my favorite setting, especially if I'm playing Dark Ages. But you know, I run I run stuff in Chicago because they've got a ton of information on it through all the editions of World of Darkness. It's kind of like their city. It's kind of like a Greyhawk for D and D. Like Chicago is the city for for the New World, and there's 20 years of, of books that I can go through and find stuff for Chicago if I want. But the Chicago by Night book for Fifth Edition is great. It's got Plenty of, of SBCs that I can use if I want. It's got plenty of hooks that kind of I can read through and just kind of make my own or whatever. And as far as settings go, I, I don't, I can make my own, but then that's just a lot more work. Yeah. And I don't mind doing the work, but if I want to play more, then I've got the resource right here. You know what's funny? Because for myself, like in Dungeons and Dragons, I never used a box board. For some reason, that always felt wrong to me. Even though I liked a lot of the box boards. Sure. Like, I would buy the products. Yeah. I liked reading about them. Yeah. But I felt like, that's nah, somebody else's thing. I'm not legit in that. <laughs> and so, I liked creating my own world. Yeah. Um, in World of Darkness, I'm kind of the... I don't, I don't know if it's the opposite or not. But it's, um, in World of Darkness, I actually like doing things local. Mm -hmm. That's my preference. Oh, and man. I feel connected to it. Now, right now in our current location, great for some werewolf and small vampire play. Yeah. But it's like we're in a, we're in a small town in the, in the mountains. Mm -hmm. You know, now, back when I was first starting all this and I was in, like, living in cities like New York or Santa Monica or Atlanta... You know, um, Louisville or Nashville. Yeah, those are good vampire cities. Great vampire cities. And um, and so it's like I like really keeping it local on that. So that has been an adjustment for me. Mm -hmm. Doing vampire in a city that I'm not in. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, in some places, it's just kind of less doable. Yeah, I, I had thought when... We started this God, a year ago, over mm -hmm. over a year ago. When I was batting it around with Kurt, I was I was discussing doing a Hendersonville by night. Yeah, and having it kind of Hendersonville being kind of like a stop off between Asheville and Greenville. Yeah. So yeah. like Asheville, I imagined were Anarchs, and Greenville was Camarilla City, and they would kind of either pass Hendersonville back and forth, or they would kind of fight over Hendersonville. Mm -hmm. Which sounded cool, but there's just not enough in Hendersonville to make it work. Hendersonville would have better for a hunter game. Oh, Hendersonville would be a great hunter. Oh, man, you could do some great Werewolf for a hunter, hunter works great oh, here. Yeah. Um, yeah, for Vampire, it's, it's not that it isn't doable. You can do it. It's just, it's less to pull from. I mean, yeah. like, if you're in a major city, I mean, that's just prime vampire living right there. 
Frank. So many industries and powerful politicians and food. Food, yeah. I think um, the Henderson's population is what? Was it like uh, Is it 150,000? No, I think it's like 60,000. Is it? Yeah. Like 60, so like that really you can't even can't canonically support one vampire on that. Yeah. Because it's like people gonna start People are gonna notice that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> unless like unless it's like some venture with like a great herd. <laughs> right. So never going out to eat. Never you, you never yeah. go out to eat. Yeah. I mean we just went out to eat and it was fabulous. Yeah. And if I was immortal in a venture with money, I would want to go out to eat. You can't do that in No. I don't even know that you could do it in Nashville. You couldn't get away with it very long in Asheville Oh yeah, no yeah, Asheville would be pushing. Um yeah. Well, I'm sure there are some ventures that have brought their herds along to get up, get in on that real estate. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All these Hendersonville getting ready to put up some like million dollar condos and stuff downtown. I guess that's all venture. They're like, we're gonna make this a venture city. Oh, they're trying real hard. Oh man, they're trying real hard to make it a venture city. Um, but yeah, doing it in the city. You know, I lived in Florida. I lived in Sarasota, so I had Tampa nearby. That would work. I lived in Detroit. Detroit works. Um, Oh yeah, Detroit actually I think is a great location. Oh yeah. Doing it in a city like that is, is if it's your own city, then great. And the good thing about doing that is you're familiar with it. You know Yes. Yes. You can, you know, you can set up locations and things like that, and your players can actually go and see them, all that stuff. And you know the history of it a lot of times more. Yeah. Those little interesting details. Right. Um, with running it in Chicago or uh, you know, other places where you don't have that history, it's just it's a little bit more work. But like for me, like I always grabbed the box sets. Like I got into Dragonlands and Ravenloft mm-hmm. when I was doing D&D. So I got the box worlds. Yeah. I used, I used yeah. those. I was never a big world builder in D&D. I didn't get into doing, I did that more in Vampires. I started playing Vampires kind of on my own um, before I got into like Chicago by Night or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just never got into the world building side of it. I love the world building. And I'm just not, I'm not... I created my own system of governments and everything. Yeah, see, I'm just yeah. not, I'm not yeah. that awesome. I like, I think you should... Well, no, it's, no, you're a great story. No, it's no, but story. I don't, I, like, trying to figure all, like, the, I'm, I'm much better at micro. Uh, no, I as opposed to, like, pulling back and seeing the whole yeah. freaking thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, see, that's the thing that gets me. That's why I have to do world building. Because that broad picture of interconnectivity... Mm-hmm bugs me if I don't have that lined out in my head. I got you. Yeah, it's just it'll just eat at me. Why is that there? Why is that there? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on with this? Yeah, there has to be a... No, there has to be... It's like a mole that's come up on you. You're like, what's that? Why is that there? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's... uh, um, Yeah, I just have to... I have to know all that stuff. Yeah. I know know with Vampire, and again... Vampire, it's for me. It's good to have a few clans that are in power, and then a clan or two that is just the whipping, the whipping boy, because that gives players something to bounce between. I see. Not even like necessarily like sect stuff. Camarilla, Anar, doesn't really matter. Well, the sect stuff is, I think, less prominent now. It is, but having a prince who is very anti. Whatever, Nosferatu. Uh, maybe they're a tree right, prince and they're right. just like, the Nosferatu are not allowed in my club. 
and if I see them in my club, they're in trouble. Yeah. You know, so you got your players now that can bounce back and forth between these these clans and, and build your story for you. Oh yeah, like when I used to do like Louisville by night, mm -hmm. that was um, um, the prince there. Um, Osamites, which are now the uh, Banu Hakim. Right. And Robnos, who are now the Robnos. They're, yeah, they're still Robnos. But just, they're no longer a bloodline of the game role. That's right. And there's so, so few of them. Yeah. Um, we're just banned. Right. There was no reason, you know, like that was automatic. Just get out. Yeah. Yeah. Get out. It, it, was, it, was, it was pretty much just automatic. You find out you're here, there's a blood hunt immediately. Nice. And so it was, um, that was just the way it was. And then you have players like, I want to play one of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We had this one guy, bless his heart. He, uh, um, he used to always do really great guy. And he came up with like really cool concepts, but he would always do that odd man out character. Uh, and I, 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 I swear to God, he went through seven characters in that campaign. <laughs> He would just die, like, constantly. The record being, he entered the game, and within one hour, was dead. Wow. In a single session. Um, trying to do the right thing, actually, ironically, in right. this case. But it was, uh, um, but yeah, he would just always pick those characters. It was just like, you are not long for this world. It's just, <laughs> the players or SPCs are not going to allow you to exist. Right. <laughs> and you gotta, you got to realize that as a player sometimes. Like, your dad's not going to work. As cool as the concept is, and believe me, I love cool concepts. Right. But it's like, sometimes it's just like, there really is a read the room factor that's just like, that's just, you're not going to make it. Old group's Tremere, I want to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the storyteller at that point just got to do the hard no stand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, or like a... A, a Tremere campaign with a, with an outlier of a thin blood that has like a, what is it uh, um, steak bait oh yeah or something like that <laughs> I'm just making something up but uh, I mean like you know it's just like oh yeah you're gonna get so experimented you're, on you're dead. You're so dead. <laughs> you're gonna do horrible rituals to you <laughs> uh, I mean storytelling is I think it I think it intimidates a lot of people um, yeah, I think so. Especially just like your average players, because they just—it seems so daunting. I got this big screen, I got all these dice, I got my computer. God, I long for the days when all I needed was a book and some dice. Oh yeah, I know. Now it's like a whole screen, ordeal, I've right? Got, you know, next thing you know, I'm gonna have a freaking TV screen. Jeez. Oh but, yeah. But I think players find it intimidating, but it's. You know, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yes. You kind of yeah. find That's out. That's really the trick. Yeah, you find out what it. you like as far as storytelling. Yeah. And, you know. Well, I think that that's the thing, too. It's like you eventually fall into, you have a style. Yeah. And your players come to expect it. Mm-hmm. And then that's really, I think that's really when you hit your sweet spot. Because it's, you allow, you build your style around adapting to what players are going to do. But then your player base starts realizing that's the way he runs a game. Right. Or she runs a game. And then they're like, but I'm going to start building characters with that in mind. Right. So as you go on that way, the two things start gelling together. And so then they're building for you and you're, you're, you're storytelling for them. 
Right, and you can you can make that type of thing easier as a storyteller if you you know have a list of homebrew rules or or your own like this mm -hmm. is how I run this system or whatever. If you know that from the beginning, then great. Yeah, it works 100 percent better than like springing something on them, you know, mid roll or something. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know that type of stuff is going to happen. It happens with me still, and I've been doing this forever. But every once in a while, you know. They're gonna throw something at you that you haven't thought of or haven't seen. Yeah, and, and that's you just true. kind of have to figure it out and roll with it. Sometimes you gotta be a dick and say no, and sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's one thing too as a storyteller. Sometimes it is okay to say no. You can't do that. Yeah, that's not gonna work. Um, it's because there are certain situations. It doesn't matter what their dice pool is. It's like that just wouldn't happen. Right. And so, and it's. A 100% okay to just be like, no. Right. Because that's going to be an automatic failure. Yeah. So it's like, let's not even bother with that. You just, common sense tells you, you can't get away with that. Common, you all have the common sense merit. Yeah. It says, no. It just says, nah. Nah. But I mean, I, you know, I encourage you guys. I think one of our players story tells for his girlfriend or fiance, and that's awesome. Um, you know, get out there and try to do it. You're not going to feel comfortable with it. You don't have to know. The great thing with 5th edition is you don't have to know any of the past, the past stuff. You can just pick up yeah, D5 sure. or Hunter or Werewolf and go. Um, everything's there for you. Yeah, no, I think B5 uh, did a good job of like being able to just get you out the gate mm -hmm. with it, while at the same time not cutting off for people who did have experience with the lore. Right. Still integrate all of that. Right, right. And if you do have the experience with lore and you just haven't done it, then that's just more that you can you, know, you can pull from. Just don't fall into the same like mistakes that I because I'll on the fly will will say something about discipline and say yeah that's fine, but then realize no it's different in B five. Yeah, no, that, that sneaks up on me sometimes too. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I don't think like any storytellers that are out there listening get that. Yeah. Um, I, I would say one thing. Uh, there's another, there's something just popped in my head. Um, consistency. Oh, yeah. However you do things, be consistent. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like, while your while your character shouldn't be able to read your mind or um, be able to always expect what's going to happen, they should expect that the way you do things is going to remain consistent for them. Right. So they can build strategy, can build plans mm -hmm. based around it. Throwing them for a loop in the middle of a scenario. A dirty pool. Yeah, and that's on you. Yeah. When you do that. Yeah. So keep it consistent. That way your players can adapt to it. Because, I mean, you can house rule things to your heart's content. I think that's great. Yeah. And it's encouraging a vampire. Yeah, absolutely. But players need to know those rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I know with yeah. me, whenever I'm. Whenever I'm toying with or I'm planning like a big event, whether it's blowing up a nightclub or whether it's, um, you know, ghouling somebody's touchstone against their will or something, I try to drop books or hints beforehand mm -hmm. that the players get to see and interact with and go, something's coming. Right. Um, right. So I found, I found that's helpful. It's much better than just being like, Dead, goodbye. You know. <laughs> well, I'm I'm kind of like caught into like a situation right now because it's like um, a game that uh, vampire game that I'm playing. Um, 
there's a background attribute or a couple of background attributes that have for story purposes been sort of like separated from the character mm -hmm. and I really desperately want them to be able to get them back or an equivalent right I don't like that yeah backgrounds are kind of sacred yeah exactly you don't exactly. want them gone so it's like we had the fun out of it, and it's like now I'm trying to get it back, and so it's like now I'm trying to like come up with the circumstances to like kind of swing that back around. Yeah. You know, because I don't want to be unfair about it, because they, they spent those points, and those are important points. Mm -hmm. So it's, um yeah, so it's like now I'm kind of like in this thing, like I got to work out something that's like where they can get this stuff back. Right, right. You know, um, or like I said, an equivalent. Yeah. I mean, I think as long as everything is square. Yeah. Then, then you're good. But I mean, fifth edition does a good job of like uh, removing, you know, you causing backgrounds or advantages to be hampered for a time because you're using them to do something, whether it's influence or oh, I'm going to spend my resources to buy this lot. Okay, well you're down two resources for two games. You know, yeah. So they come back yeah. or yeah. You know, you've been too brazen with your herd and now they're gone. Right. Yeah. 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 Birds are delicate. Right. Yeah. And you know, if you're just and you're just throwing your toys around, then they break. Yeah. And you just put it back together, which can also be fun. Which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that that, that that's creative problem solving. <laughs> or as the as the symmetry like to put it, it's uh, human Legos. That's right, human Legos. Yeah. Symmetry yeah. awesome. like to have fun too. You know, and they should. Yeah. They like to keep that childlike curiosity and <laughs> sense of adventure. Oh, <laughs> oh I love those plans. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of storytelling um, to think about, but it really is not as difficult as you may think it is. Just, I, I would suggest start small. Start with a small area of the city, whatever city you want it to be and then build out from there. And then when you're not with the group, I would say do like Randall does, think about the big picture. Like why is the prince doing this or that? Or what is what are the Anarchs trying to get? And that'll help you know what's going on better at the player level. But just we, get into it and do it. Yeah, just, that really is the best advice. If you're thinking about storytelling, like, you know, even if you just have like, oh, this is a little story, it's just in my head. Mm -hmm. Run it. Yeah. Because. The whole story could take place in a club or in yeah, 100%. a building. I mean, you don't have yeah. to have these city-spanning stories. Uh, I think our last Sunday, our last Saturday game, we got went to two locations. Yeah. It was at a club. And a club and a hotel. A hotel. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. I think, well, that's not it, but maybe maybe next time we'll chat about pacing or something like that. I don't know. But Randall and I were talking earlier. We like to just kind of break up stuff you know we're not going to do every tribe right in a row or every clan you know we still have to knock out what do we have to do we still have to do ventru and yeah we still have some clans some to do clans, we still have some tribes some tribes we've not even touched on any of the hunter stuff yeah which so, we which we definitely need to do we should we should do some hunter i think the fifth edition hunter is the best one. i love it and it's got a lot of i guess hate or i don't know and i don't get it i, I think it's Brilliant. The the only other version of Hunter that I just really, you know, pun intended, sunk my teeth into was Hunter the Vigil for the New World of Darkness. That was really good. That was a lot more like Hunter the Reckoning Fifth Edition. 
um, with its cells and its very kind of covert ops type thing. Yeah, yeah. That, Hunter the Vigil was great. Um, and then Hunter the, Hunter the Reckoning 5th edition, you know, I think what people don't like is like it, it feels less powerful. I think that's great about that. I, I do too. I well, think I mean, should. okay, so let's be, if you've been playing it, I've been playing vampires since like between I came in like at the end of first edition, beginning uh -huh. of second edition. Let's be real. Some powers in all the splats were ridiculous. Oh yeah. And some were incredibly underpowered. Mm -hmm. The disparity between these things was like ridiculous. Yeah. The restraint in fifth edition is a good feature. Oh, and yeah. it's made disciplines, like in the case of Vampire, it's made disciplines, I think, much more interesting. Like, you know, it's not just like there's an extra dot. It does something. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, it may not be as like crazy OP, especially like <coughs> Celerity. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, but it's more interesting. Right. Celerity does a thing now. Right. You know, Fortitude, which was kind of, underappreciated before yeah. is now kind of great. It does things other than just... Yeah. I mean, it's kind of done. awesome. It's just like you know, get to that fifth dot and just welcome to Godhood. Right. You know, kind of thing. In terms of like just, you know... What just, you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... So there's more reward to it. I, I think that the new powers in all the splash are just more rewarding. Yeah. Um... And I know that's going to get a, probably a lot of him. You probably just lost like all of our, all of our listeners are gone. Yeah, <laughs> well, but we I did mean, tell you when we started this is the fifth edition project. Exactly. <laughs> so we do like the fifth edition that we stand. Yeah. But it's um, um, but I mean, like the old stuff, which I love. Right. I love. That's why I'm here. Right. That's why I've made it to fifth edition. But let's be honest, that stuff was out of whack. It was, it was, yeah. it was rough sometimes. Dex ruled I, everything in terms of attributes. Yeah. But you know, celerity was like ridiculous. And I mean, they spent numerous editions and numerous splats trying to like re rework celerity so that it would not be overbalanced. Like through the Vampire the Masquerade, through the Dark Ages stuff. Yeah. Every Dark Ages book I got had a different version of Celerity. So that's probably, that's where they, I think they were like, oh yeah, let's try this in Dark Ages and see yeah. how it works. And Dark Ages was like one of the better systems. Actually. Oh, it was good, yeah. And, it, and it, just a great setting and, 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 an ever, and it introduced the Capodosians. It did. I love the Capodosians. Yeah. Um, as you should, they were really cool. Um, but Hunter but, Hunter is yeah different. It, you know... There's still that touch of awakening in it. Yeah, like, especially but, depending on what um, edges you take. But it's certainly not Hunter the Reckoning where I spend a point of zeal and now I'm immune to every power under heaven. Yeah, which is... And I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah, at that point, why aren't you being hunted? Right, yeah, why are you the one? <laughs> <laughs> You're a mage of some sort, even if you ain't admitting it. Right. <laughs> well, anyways... We went a little long this time, but there's been nobody here, so we just got to chat about. Yeah, this, this was good. Stuff. This was fun to do. Yeah. So, storytelling, get into it, or find you a good one. You and, want to. And play. Yeah. Tell your stories. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Put stuff out there for people to go, oh, wow, that was really cool. Put yourself out there. We, we all have we all have a bit of that art in us. Yeah. 
So, um, I don't know, next week, maybe we'll chat about Hunter, or maybe we'll talk about more storytelling stuff, or maybe we'll hit more tribes of plan. Never know. We never know. It's, it's, it will be out of alphabetical order, though. It, we every, yeah, whatever we do, <laughs> the next the next episode will not start with a T, I promise. It's something, <laughs> you know, we just we dance around the alphabet, just like whirling dervishes. <laughs> yes. For those Bono Hakeem fans that's, out there. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. for you because they're our favorite. That's, a that's lie. not true. That's a lie. That's not true. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening uh, to this longer episode. Uh, and we appreciate it. Appreciate King Finger. There's yes. nobody here but us and God, but we still appreciate them. So, yes. have a good weekend. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye.